This is the 210 Podcast, where we show you how to have more as a busy professional woman while still enjoying the mommy life. We are your hosts, Dr. Amy Steele and Dr. Carol Broxton. Welcome again to our podcast listeners. We're glad you stopped by and we hope this podcast brings you a renewed perspective on being a busy mom. Well, Carol, today we are going to jump right in and have a fun discussion about money and finances. So how are you and what do you think when you hear money and finances? I'm doing good. And when I hear about money and finances, I think about our audience and sometimes people back away and go, oh, this is not a fun topic, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with your debts and all this, especially if you made trusting decisions when you're younger, you go, oh gosh, I'm still paying for those debts and stuff like that. So it can be, it can make you uneasy, but we're going to make, we're going to make it fun. Yes. Yes. We're going to make it fun and not exhausting or drab where people feel like they can't accomplish anything and they're, they've dug a hole too deep that they can't get out of. So we're going to make it seem like it's something they can overcome. So let's jump in. So everyone has a finance story, right? And so my finance story is like this. So I started off very young earning money. Like when I was, you know, eight, nine, 10, I earned money from kind of helping out around the house, chores, things like that. And then Mm -hmm. when I was about the age of 12, I actually lived in another country in Japan And I was bagging groceries at the commissary, the military grocery store. And so Mm -hmm. I earned tips. Yeah, they used to have this big old coffee can at the end of our register. So we would bag people's groceries and they would just Mm -hmm. throw change in it like clank, 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 (laughs) clank. And then we were like, just just make no noise. We're meaning the bills would flow, like the dollar bills would come into the coffee can. But that's how we made money. And we empty out the coffee can and divide it up between everyone who worked on that register. And that's what you would go home with that night. So I started off earning money there. And then eventually I got into bagging groceries at another commissary when I moved back stateside when I was 14, 15, 16. And then I also was a clown in my teenage years, worked at both <laughs> department store, and I babysat. So, so those are all of my jobs. And as a teenager, wow. impressive. I know, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. I was exhausted. So I worked anywhere from two to four jobs at any given time. And then when I got to college, I worked four jobs. I was a front desk attendant at my dorm while also applying to become a resident assistant, an RA. I was a cook in the same chef, in the same kitchen, like a chef, a Saturday okay. morning chef in the same kitchen where my dorm was. And then I was a marketing assistant in the summer for the same dorm. So that I could you just do, it was like an internship where I did assessments of all the apartments around the college campus. And I compared them to the cost of living in the dorm and did an analysis for my dorm building. So I always managed my own money, but then I got married at 19. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. then it went oh, yeah. a kaput. All of my good <laughs> strategies. <laughs> my husband's going to kill me. <laughs> All my good strategies went to kaput when I got married. Why? Because <laughs> it's hard to put together two people's finances. Yeah. So, Carol, what's your finance story? 
All right. I don't have all those different jobs. I pretty much, you know, when I was younger, you know, you do a lot of odd jobs around the house and you get, you know, get something from my mom or grandmother or what have you. But I didn't get a, a real job until I was about 16 and I worked for a nursing facility in the kitchen. So similar to your experience. And I was like um, kitchen aid where I set up the tables and served the clients or what have you. That was a very great job, great people to work work with there. And then from there, because I had my kids, so got married so young, had a kid so young, I stopped working when I got married. And my husband pretty much did all the working you know, and what have you. And I didn't work again until I finished college. <laughs> so yeah. my, my my job was being home and running behind all the kids. But I can so relate to you because I was raised, um, my husband. I like to always give this illustration. I I am I was tra- raised in a single parent home, so I was raised to make money, to save it, to budget it, and to keep it. My mm-hmm. husband was raised with both of his parents, and they were he was raised to make your money, spend it, and enjoy it. So think about trying to bring two people together <laughs> with two different mindsets on money. I know where you are coming from because <laughs> those all those little plans you have, they don't see it the same way. I like to like nope. hold on to the money. Let's say home and save money. He's like, no, let's go out and enjoy and live life to the fullest. It's like, oh, my Lord. Yep. Uh, same. Hashtag same. <laughs> I feel like I had a pretty good grasp on money in terms of like I would get my money from jobs. I had a ledger book. I wrote down every penny I made. When I paid my tithes and offerings, I subtracted it from the ledger book. My mom found my ledger book and I have it now to this day. Oh, um, that's when so I was awesome. Hungry. Yes, because awesome. I, I, I tracked my money. I made sure I knew exactly where every penny was. I decided if I was going to mm-hmm. buy something, not buy something. I had a bank account. I had cash at home. I had change jars, but I knew where all my money was, right? And then when I got married, it's like, it's almost like you magically expect that you're as a woman, that maybe mm-hmm. your husband's going to take over the finances and he's going to be exactly like you and everything's yeah. going to run according to plan or that, you know, it's just going to be different. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but now I'm getting back to my old mojo self, you know, who I was, <laughs> but I've gone through quite a lot <laughs> these last 21 years to get to that place. So we're going to unpack some of that today, just a little bit. We're not going to dig all the way deep. You have to come to a okay. live session with me and Carol in person <laughs> to get all that. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but for now, you're just going to get the little teeny tiny highlights. So I'm just going to share a few statistics about finances and debt and life in our country. According to some very reputable sources, which we'll post in the show notes, total consumer debt right now, and this is United States, total consumer debt is right at $4.144 trillion. And that's as of quarter three, the so third quarter in 2019. And that's an increase of about 5% from quarter three a year ago. So back in 2018, mm-hmm. the average consumer debt per person or per capita is right at $12,600. So that means about everybody has some kind of debt. And on average, it's mm-hmm. about $12,000. Now, not everyone has debt. Some people are debt free. But mm-hmm. on average, people have about $12,600 worth of debt. Revolving debt. So this is debt that goes on and on year after year, month, month after month, year after year. Total consumer revolving debt is right at $1.083 trillion. And that's as of November of 2019. 
Now, non-revolving debt, that's just debt that we have that doesn't necessarily revolve and carry over from month to month is $3.089 trillion in the same month, November 2019. Auto loans as of September of 2019 totaled $1.189 trillion just in automobile loans. And probably the worst that I know of that I I just Mm -hmm. think is awful is student Mm -hmm. loans. Student loans totaled $1.636 trillion in September of 2019. Can you believe that? That is so sad. (laughs) That's heartbreaking. And you know, you and I value public education a a lot. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes. We value it for not only our own education. You know, you're a doctor of pharmacy. I'm a PhD for doctor of philosophy. Our, we have five kids. They all go to school. You know, we we value education, but tri- mm-hmm. like one point six three six trillion dollars in student loans. That's just a lot. That's too much. Mm-hmm. That is. So, Carol, what are your thoughts on any of those statistics? Is it does anything surprise you or overwhelm you? Yeah, that is. It's just mind blowing because you know when you everybody has that dream, the American dream. But how do you get to your dreams? When you have this debt before you and you're in this hole and you're always trying to figure out how do I get out and how do I just survive? And like you said, revolving, it just keeps coming and it keeps adding every single month and every single year you just have more of it. So it's like a non-ending cycle. And like you said, it's it's like that hole that you, you just can't get out. Like, oh, how do you get out? Exactly. And many of our listeners may feel that they're in a hole and that they can't get out. And so today we're going to try to give you some strategies to help you, um, especially during this time where people's, I mean, people are on unemployment, their employment Mm -hmm. in general might be shaky. They may not have a job anymore, as opposed to before the pandemic, you know, they may have had a job and been very stable and steady, but now Mm -hmm. they may or may not have a job. So how do you kind of get out of that when you are Mm -hmm. unsure about where your income is coming from? So we're going to talk a little bit about that to just kind of help you. And we're not, again, we're not going too deep. We're not going to be too overwhelming, but give you just enough to help ease the burden just a little bit. So we're going to talk about budgeting. So Carol, my budgeting process is very simple. Every month I print a monthly calendar that has like the whole calendar on one page. So I have my regular calendar because I still use paper calendars in my life and electronic (laughs) calendars, but I love my paper calendar. But I print off a sheet of paper that's just a monthly calendar with no, like, it's got the squares in it, but no writing in the squares. And then Uh I put all my bills, all of our income on that calendar so I know what's coming in, what day it's coming in, what day it's going out, or when when things are due. And then I write down all the bills on that calendar so we can see what goes with what. So we tie in a check with a certain bill, and then we just Mm kind of pay bills that way. So that's my strategy. My husband just kind of glances at it, says, yeah, that looks good. And then we (laughs) move on. Uh, And then would say, I'm the nerd. He's the free spirit. And then we open up the mail. So opening up mail is actually a part of your budgeting process. Why? Because some people don't open up their mail. I am shocked to know how many people don't open their mail and they don't open it regularly because they don't want to know what's in the mail. Like they don't want to know what bills they have. They don't want to know who's asking questions about what they should pay or who wants to be paid. They just mm-hmm. don't want to want to know. And that I find that shocking, but some people are there and, you know, we got to get through that. We have to open up the mail. Another part of our budgeting process is the cash envelope system. So we purchased these back when we we're actually uh, Dave Ramsey 
volunteers and we teach the Dave Ramsey class called Financial Peace. So we purchase mm-hmm. these envelopes there. It's like a billfold system, but it's the Dave Ramsey envelope system. And my husband mm-hmm. has a black one because it's masculine and I have a red one because that's feminine, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like a wallet and it has all the paper envelopes on the inside. And we allocate like $150 for groceries or $100 for gas or whatever. And then we use that cash, like we put the cash in the envelope and use that cash to actually live on for the week for that category. So we have gas, groceries, entertainment, personal care products or personal products that, you know, maybe we don't have to, you know, there's really no justification for it. It's just a personal care product. And then other types of categories on the envelopes. And then you can also use an online system that Dave Ramsey has. His daughter, Rachel Cruz, is actually supporting this particular product, but it's called Every Dollar. And it's a mm-hmm. budget that allows you to input all your bills online, all your income, and then it allocates where every dollar of your income goes. So whether that's saving, investing, paying a bill or whatever, it, it tells you, helps you tell each dollar where to go. So mm-hmm. they call it Every Dollar. So that's kind of my budgeting process. What is your family's budgeting process and how do y'all pay bills on a monthly basis? Okay, I'm like you. I like to keep it simple. I am really big on auto withdrawals so that mm-hmm. I know what's coming. So I, it's consistent. I know the day and when it's going to come out, like what time it's going to come out during the month. So I'm really big on that. And my husband, he's really good with keeping track of the dates or what have you, but for the majority of it, I'm the budgeter. I just do the auto. So it's like, I'm just consistent. I know how much I'm making. And I'm just, I like to be consistent on that, that part. Just making sure I have those auto withdrawals. Everything's good. The money's there. The money comes out and anything that's miscellaneous. Then me and my husband sit down and talk about, we have our discussions about the money and what all we need to do outside of the auto withdrawal bills or what have you, you know, maybe the kids have all these sports and activities and what somebody need or replacing something in a home. We'll just have those, I call it a financial meeting and sit down and have a discussion. Okay. What's, what's coming up next and what do we want to get accomplished? And so we just kind of sit down and have a monthly, well, I say even weekly, just kind of where are we and what all do we need to get accomplished for the week and for the month? Yeah. So kind of like a budget meeting. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. A budget committee meeting, and he said the only rule, the main rule, is that everybody must show up. <laughs> to the yes, 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 yes. Oh, and I, I know, now I'm the one that's doing all the talking. My husband, like you that's said, right. the husband is sitting. Going, sounds good. Sounds great. It's awesome. <laughs> same hashtag. Same. Okay, so we just want to share a few resources with our audience. Again, we'll post some some links to these. One of them is His and Her Money podcast. I love His and Her Money. That's Ty and Talit McNeely, I believe. But anyway, okay. so the His and Her, do you know that podcast? I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've listened to it. I'm going to have to put that on my to-do list, make sure I listen to it. Okay, it is awesome. Ty and Talit. So it's the His and Her Money mm-hmm. podcast. And then, um, so I listen to that while I'm running, actually. And they have the most phenomenal guests and they have a great story themselves, but a great, great couple. And they talk about money, you know, just money and how to manage it and how to make money and how to save money. And most of it is really about paying off debts and all the different mm-hmm. strategies people use to get out of debt because your number one wealth building strategy is your ability to make income. So if you make the income and you can't mm-hmm. save it or keep it and you spend it all, then you're losing out on your number one strategy to building wealth. 
So that literally is the number one strategy. So you have to get out of debt. So to help us with that, we're just going to breeze through Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps. So one, the first baby step is to save $1,000. Now, I highly encourage our audience to get the Total Money Makeover book by Dave Ramsey. That's literally a first, first step. And while you're waiting on the book, you can listen to the His and Her Money podcast and get some strategies from there. But most of the people who are on His and Her Money podcast, they they have heard of or they follow the Dave Ramsey principles. So just FYI. But you Mm -hmm. save $1,000, keep that in an account that you can gain access to pretty quickly. The next step is to debt snowball all of your debts. So you list all of your debts from smallest to biggest, and then you pay them off and you put everything on there except for the house. So the car goes on there, student loans go on there, credit cards go Mm -hmm. on there, any debt you have. And there is no good debt. So there's no, you know, oh, there's better debt. And there's debt. No, no debt is, is good. So I, I can't ascribe to that philosophy. No debt is good debt. So mm-hmm. you're going to pay off all the debt. And it may take two, three years on this one step. Seriously, yeah. we're still mm-hmm. on this step. So it may take you a while to get on this, get off this step. Then you're going to mm-hmm. go to, after you finally pay off all your debts, you're going to go save six, three to six months worth of living expenses. So this is where you're going to take the 1000 and you're going to now make it grow into three to six months of living expenses. Now, after mm-hmm. you've paid off your debt, your living expenses should decrease. So the idea mm-hmm. is that you're going to be paying all your utility bills plus insurances and then your house payment. That should be the rest of your debt. But your three to six months living expenses should go down. But you're going to save that. Number four, you're going to invest 15% of your household income in retirement. So after you've saved the three to six months of living expenses, and that's kind of in an account that you can get access to if you need to, then you're going to change those investment percentages and make them 15% for retirement while also getting ready to save for your children's college fund. And then you're going to move into debt number uh, step number six. So step number four is the 15% in retirement. Step number five is saving for children's college. And then step mm-hmm. six is paying off the home. So you're literally going to throw every available financial resource toward paying off your mortgage. And then number mm-hmm. seven, the favorite step of all is to build wealth and give. Build wealth and give. So Carol, have you heard of Dave Ramsey and these seven baby steps before? Yes, I have heard of the of, of him. Um, I have to say, I believe it was last year. And that's how I came across, I'm trying to think of her name, before we met at the podcast, I was looking for my my goal for the year. Yes. So my goal for the year was to focus on wealth building and generational wealth. And so when I was looking that up, that's how I how I came across um, starting to read books and literature and came across Dave Ramsey when I was looking at uh, looking at the topic of wealth building and generational wealth. So that was that was definitely one of the books I came across. Wonderful. Good. Yeah, he is amazing. And I've loved every minute of it. So we're going to jump into just some quick tips to help our audience to really have more success with just money. And so we're going to fire these off. So a couple tips. Number one, spend less than you earn. Now that sounds way better than it (laughs) than it Mm -hmm. is actually in life. Mm -hmm. But literally, you got to find a way to spend less than you earn. I tell people, get a side hustle if you want to spend more and use the side hustle to pay either pay off your debt or pay mm-hmm. for some of those fun things that you want to do. Then we have to learn how to delay instant gratification. So there's no good that can come from 
you know, getting everything you want right now. Like you have to learn how to wait for some things and then cut your bills, Mm -hmm. right? Cutting bills can actually lead to saving more money. So Carol, what kind of tips do you have for our audience in general? I would like to encourage our audience to start where you are. You can't look at somebody, you can't look at the Joneses and be like, well, they have this and have that. Start where you are. If you have a minimum wage paying job, save and budget accordingly. You know, you can't look at someone else because that'll really discourage you. So for you, saving $25 may be your goal where someone else is $1,000. But if you could like commit to, you know, every time I get paid, I'm going to save this $20 or every time I get paid, I'm going to save $100. So you have to start where you are and based on your budget. Don't compare your budget to someone else or say when I get to make, you know, when I get to that place to make more money, then I start saving. No, if you have no discipline to save when you don't make a lot of money, you will not have discipline when you make more money. You know, the habits, they don't change when you make more money. So if you start now, having good habits of saving money and budgeting money and writing things down, you're going to, you're going to increase and increase your chances of being able to do the same when things get better, you make more money. Cause if not, you're going to have big eyes and it's like, let me buy more and let me buy more and let me get more and let me have more. And before you know it, you're right back where you started. You make a lot more money, but if you're spending more than you make, you're still in the same hole that you were in before, you know, Maybe you got a trade or maybe you got that additional job or maybe you got some overtime or whatever it was. So you have to, it's a mindset. You just have to get into the mindset that, you know, how do I save and how do I budget and how do I invest? And that's one thing I didn't know growing up. You know, I I learned to save my money and hold on to my money, but I wasn't taught how to invest it so it can increase and multiply. So that's something that I'm learning now about investing and getting ready for retirement, thinking long-term and not just right now, just holding on to the dollar. Because if the dollar doesn't increase, it's not beneficial to you just sitting in the bank. You have to find ways to increase your money. Right. interest. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that. So we're going to talk about some ways to make money and then some ways to invest money. So I have just a few strategies for helping people make more money. Get a side hustle. Some people do DoorDash, Uber, Poshmark. They sell things on Poshmark. Get a Mm part-time job or use a gift that you already have to be creative and make money in this in this world. You could also work more hours on your regular job if you have a job that's not necessarily salary. You can spend Mm -hmm. less than you earn like we talked about earlier. And you can also evaluate your bills and check on ways to save because sometimes we pay bills and we just pay them over and over again without ever going to the company and saying, hey, what ways can we reduce this bill? So those are ways to save. And then here are some ways to invest. You can actually automatically invest in a very small account, like on E-Trade, which is where I invest every week, or a Capital One investment account, or any of these smaller investment accounts that don't require you to come in with like $5,000 as an initial deposit. You can also get your Mm -hmm. kids, your nieces, nephews, their own investment accounts for their birthdays. What we do now is we start our nieces and nephews off with an account, and we're going to be adding all of our nieces and nephews, but we just started one off with this just to see how we liked Mm -hmm. it. And we got him an account for $25 in, and we put it in there and then we add $5 per week to that account. That account is almost at $200 now. And that's just from our investment from his birthday, which was in November. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, what better way to show up to your niece or nephew's birthday? Of course, they don't really <laughs> understand it because you don't have a toy. <laughs> better way to show up with this money, you know, as opposed to saying, oh, I got you this toy that you're going to break and not appreciate in about two weeks. So those are just a few ways to save and invest. So Carol, as we get ready to conclude, do you have any strategies or ways to invest or save money for our audience? Definitely living beneath your your means is a big catch to that because sometimes I know like like as graduating as a pharmacist, the first thing people say, oh, you're a pharmacist and you make a whole lot of money. But that doesn't matter if I spend more money than I make, because if I get a really, really nice car, then a nice expensive house, then the nice expensive clothes and a nice expensive lifestyle, I'm not really making that much more money than before I became a pharmacist. So you have to have, you know, discipline. And then when you're saving money and finding ways to invest money, I I definitely I'm really into the 401ks, you know, being able to put money in there, Roth IRA, put money there, you know, sit down, you know, go and sit down and speak with a financial advisor, you know, Take that advice, taking what they're saying, go over your budget and they'll give you those ideas and kind of direction where you should go. And I also love enjoy buying stocks and bonds. I'm really I'm learning a lot about that because if nothing else, that's something I can pass down to my children. I'm always excited about that. I tell my kids about stocks. They're like, what? Stock, huh? What? I'm like, it's more important to have a Nike stock than a Nike shoe. And they're like, what? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Right. But you know, you can, start off small. you can start off small with like acorns or a stash. It doesn't have to be something really big that you go buy some stock that costs, you know, $500, $1,000. But something small is letting your change be put into, you know, stocks on your on app on your phone. You know, starting out small like that. And, you know, if you do have the money to advance and have other investments, you know, you can start with small things. And I know one thing my mom used to do, and that's, I don't know if you ever heard about it, but the Christmas club with the bank, they would take out so much money each month and at the end of the year, you know, around that Christmas time, you'll have that extra money saved up. And so that's a good idea as well. You know, just different programs out there to help you out to save some money. Cause you know, when you when it's taken out and removed from your account, it helps you save because you're not looking at it and like, oh, I have that extra two hundred dollars. I have the extra hundred dollars. You know, move it out of the way. So you're not looking at it and thinking about oh all the different things that I can do with it. Just take it out, put it to the side. Don't think about it and let it grow. Right, exactly. And that is the strategy that we should have in order to grow our nest egg because a day is coming where we will want to have built up a nest egg so that we can enjoy the rest of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. This was a great topic on finances. There's so many tidbits. Take it all in, write it down. Grab books, start investing, listen to podcasts, educate yourself about your finances and make it a fun experience and a learning experience and take all the things that we said today. This was a great topic. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for all the tidbits and all the information. And well, (laughs) and once again, thank you for listening to 210 Podcast, where we shine light on topics for busy moms. Be sure to leave a comment and share this podcast with your family and friends. Make sure you follow the 210 Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. 